We're glad you could join us. Uh, I'm Bob here with Todd, and this is our pastor's podcast. We are coming to you from Comstock Park, Michigan. We are at uh, Maranatha Bible Church, um, just outside of Grand Rapids. And we are both continuing our series on Family Matters, and today is our last episode on Family Matters. So I honestly didn't count how many we've done. I know it's been over 20. Yeah, um, I would think we're closer to 30. Yeah, probably. We started this back in September, I think. Yeah, that's right. Um, so we've covered a whole host of things. Um, hope it's been a blessing. Um, it's been great to be able to talk about family stuff. Absolutely. Um, so this week we'll, we'll end our series. We're going to talk about the Christian and navigating schooling options and all of that. Um, next week we're going to do a book review on a book. <laughs> and really? uh, uh, and so we're actually going to have a special guest join us for next week, and we're going to talk about a book that is super popular. It's been hailed as one of the greatest books. We read through it, and we would just give our humble opinion on the book itself, uh, and then we'll take a short break over the summertime. So it's kind of how it's going to look. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. So anyway, uh, as we're starting here, I'm um, talking about Christians and schooling. So we want to make sure, first of all, we're not going to come out and say, here's the mode of school you have to do in order to be a Christian. Obviously, there is, uh, there's a lot of push from, you know, the, the certain groups that say, hey, if you're not schooling in this way or in this manner or by this mode, then you're obviously in sin. Um, and while I, I don't have the whole Bible memorized, um, I'm sorry, I have not yet found anything in it where it says, you have to do it this way, otherwise you're in sin, right? Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely, but it's a very... Um it's a hot topic. It's a controversial issue. It's uh, a topic that stirs a lot of emotions. And there are people that are very passionate about mm. how to school your children within Christian community. And so uh, we want to just navigate maybe some of the principles that go into mm. some of those decisions. But as you said, I think it's critical to understand that it really is a preference issue. Right. And, you know, we, we have to be careful that we don't land so firmly on preference issues that we end up alienating fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. So that's our desire in this mm. conversation is hopefully we're, we're not going to offend anyone, but we do want to just say, listen, this is a personal preference. Mm. This is a, a decision that you as a husband and a wife and with your kids and as a family, you need to make that decision together and uh, trust the Lord for that. And maybe it's a case by case and year by year decision mm. But it, it cannot be an issue that, that is uh, or should be div divisive within the church. And yet, unfortunately, in many cases it is. Yeah. Yeah, obviously, as, as you know, the, the most divisive issues in churches are always the ones where it's preferences. Of course. <laughs> because you, obviously everyone thinks their own preference is the best. Right. And so they expect everyone else to choose that same thing as well. Right. <clears throat> so that's why I think it was good you prefaced it with, hey, these are principles that we're going to bring out. Um, so the principles we're going to bring out and even the commands that we're going to talk about are for everybody across the board, right? And so it's not certain families or certain individuals. So out of those commands and principles, um, we're going to be building our um, the, the choice and the decision that we're going to be able to make. Um, so all of this, um, because there is a lot of liberty with this, we want to make sure that when you decide how you 
uh, school your child, that, that doesn't mean that you think everybody else on the other side is wrong. And uh, we have to make sure that we are um, giving everyone the same grace and liberty that we have in making those decisions as well. And so with that, we don't want to assume something from somebody, um, but we also uh, want to make sure that we're showing love in these areas mm. um, and that we're not putting different pet people on different pedestals and, and whatever that happens to be as we start looking at this. Um, so before we get into it, um, we need to find what the Bible says about education. Now, we're also going to use the word training, right? Because we don't, uh, we don't see that word education when it comes to academics in the Bible. There's nothing that says, hey, if your child's not in Algebra 2 by the ninth grade, you're in sin. Right. Right. There's nothing even there that says they have to learn Algebra 1 for that matter. Exactly. Right. And so we need to make that differentiation. So why is that important that we differentiate between that? The academic side and the training side. I think there's some assumptions in some cases that pe some believers believe that there are key passages that inform or require you to educate your child a certain way. Mm. And uh, we don't see that in Scripture. So when we right. talk about training, we're, we're talking about training in the things of the Lord. That's the emphasis in Scripture. We're going to go through some of these passages here in just a moment. But there, there's nowhere in Scripture that tells you how to specifically educate your child when it comes to math and science and literature and English and everything else. Mm -hmm. There's some liberty there, but there are key principles on how you are to train your child in the things of the Lord and the things that matter for their own heart and growing up and loving Christ and his word and all that goes into that. That's the emphasis in scripture. Right. So we have to be careful. And this is what you're getting at in your question. We do have to distinguish between education and training. Mm. The Bible requires parents to train their children, but the training is always in things uh, have a spiritual nature to them. Right. And, and so we're not seeing in Scripture any specific passages that tell us how to educate our children. Right. No, I think it's helpful. We, there's educated people in Scripture. Absolutely. Right? Um, but there's nothing that says here you need to educate like Daniel or like Moses or, right. you know, whomever that happens to be. Uh, so the first verse we want to look at, um, so we, we've talked about the establishment of limited authorities. So we have the government, the church, and the family. So within that family unit, <clears throat> you do have that limited authority that looks at uh, the scope of education, the scope of training your children. So that falls squarely on the parents, right? And so like Deuteronomy 11, you shall therefore impress these words of mine on your heart and on your soul. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be frontals uh, on your forehead. So after doing that, then he says, Moses says, you shall teach them to your sons, talking of them when you sit in your house, when you walk on the road, when you lie down and when you rise up. So our first responsibility as parents is to actually feed and nourish our own souls, right? Yes, that's verse, 20, that's verse 19, which you just read. Mm. You shall impress these words of mine on your heart mm. and on your soul, and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be, on you, uh, they shall be front, as frontals on your forehead. So he's speaking to the nation of Israel, Moses is, mm -hmm. and he's saying each one of you have to make sure that the Word of God, that's what he's talking about, the principles of God, the mandates of God, the instructions of God, the law of God, mm. those things have to be so imprinted upon your heart and your soul that they govern how you think and act. And so it starts with mom and dad. Right. That's what you're getting at here. Right. It starts with the parents, and then verse 20 deals with the kids when it comes to those things. So it starts with the parents. Yeah, so the, the mom and dad, <clears throat> if they're not 
paying attention to their own spiritual life, they are in turn not going to be able to pay attention to their children's spiritual life, right? And so then you're not going to see, they're not going to be able to take care of the commands in Scripture from the most fundamental level if they're not taking care of what they need to be bringing in. In other words, sometimes parents get pretty um, exercised about the kind of schooling options that right. they're going to have their kids participate in right. while at the same time <clears throat> neglecting their own hearts. Yes. Neglecting the fact that the Word of God has to be central in their thinking and in in their life. And so, in a sense, it doesn't really matter what discussions you're having mm. about how to educate your children if mom and dad are not first and foremost hiding the word of the Lord and God's principles in their own hearts. Yeah, that's really good. So instead of worrying about if your kid can speak Latin when they're six years old, <clears throat> you know, you need to be worrying, are you taking in God's word? Yeah. You know, and yeah. because as you said, you're, the emphasis then is in the wrong spot. Yeah. Like, we're not saying don't educate your kids. Obviously, we, we've both been through education. Right. Um, but at the same time, like, what is the, what's the motivation, the heart behind what you're doing? Yeah. Um, and I really like Proverbs 1.8. And, and I like this because you have... You have the, the two principles that Solomon's talking about. He's telling his son, listen to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. And there's really two things that are presupposed here. First of all, the father's instructing. Uh, and second of all, the mother is teaching. And so you get to see like, hey, this is what's going on. Now, Solomon brings it to the spiritual level, right? Well, let's flesh that out because mm. what are they teaching? Right. What's the emphasis in Proverbs? What's the content of that teaching? content of a teaching is the wisdom that's coming from the Word of God. Chokmah. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's wisdom. It's <laughs> biblical truth flooding the souls of their kids. That's what mom and dad's responsibility is. That's good is. Hebrew, by the way. Yeah, I think <laughs> that, that might be the only Hebrew word I remember. <laughs> <laughs> and so, that, so that's, that's where we're looking at this is Solomon is saying to his son, don't forget these things. So that means that it had to have been done at some time, right? And so regardless of what time that, that was done, these are imperative commands that he's listening to his father's instruction and he's not forsaking his mother's teachings. And uh, so the question would then be, you know, the content was what you just said, the, the wisdom of God, the word of God. But then how are these things being taught? And then you can go all the way back to Deuteronomy 11, yeah. right? And so how are we teaching our kids these things? Are they normal, everyday part of our life as we're going about our day? Um, or are they set aside for, hey, we're going to talk about God's stuff over here, but, you know, the rest of the day we're only going to yeah. do this kind of stuff over here. Yeah. In other words, it presupposes that mom and dad are are teaching themselves mm. and feeding themselves on the wisdom of God so that they can impart that to their kids. And that mom and dad are pretty involved in their kids' lives. Yeah. So we're not even talking about schooling stuff yet. Right. We're just talking about the spiritual side of life. So the responsibility that falls upon parents is actually, uh, we'd say, astronomical. It's huge. <laughs> but God equips parents to be able to do that, yeah. um, to be able to impart this down. Yeah. And so I, I like these this this um, um, Proverbs 1, as he says, the word for instruction means to discipline or correct. So the father's responsibility now is not simply teaching, but the father's to discipline and correct his child. And the mother then, where that, that word's talking about um, to not forsake your mother's teaching, it's actually to then instruct them in the way of the Lord. So you have dad who's correcting. So if dad's filled with the word and he sees kids going astray, which, you know, 
at least my kids do. <laughs> and so then dad says, hey, wait a minute. What you're doing is against what the Bible says. Let me show you this. So he's disciplining them. And so most families, not all families, most family, dad goes to work. Mom's doing stuff with the kids. And so then mom's then instructing them, hey, here's the way you're supposed to be going. And so you can see that kind of cohesive family unit. Yeah, so mom and dad are on the same page. They're, um, they're yoked up together in terms of their commitment to raise their children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. That's Ephesians 6.4, mm. which is kind of the New Testament equivalent right. of this Proverbs 1.8. And so, yeah, mom and dad are on the same page. They're, they're committed to the, the raising and the teaching and, and helping their children know the Lord and walk with the Lord. That's their primary emphasis. So as you go through the scriptures in the Old Testament and New Testament, that is the emphasis is spiritual training and spiritual equipping. So you said, uh, if you want to just flesh this out for one minute, you said mom and dad on the same page. So how do mom and dad get on the same page regarding this? Well, it's just another part of their one flesh relationship, Mm -hmm. right? So mom and dad, they've been married and theologically, Biblically, they're joined as one flesh, so they need to operate as one flesh. So how do you get that? You, you talk about it. You work through this. You, you have to be on the same page. And if you're not, you have to work till you are. Mm. And um, no, it's difficult if you're single mom, mm. single dad. It's obviously more difficult if you're married to an unbeliever. All of those things are, are challenges and, and yet not insurmountable. But in, in a relationship where mom and dad are involved, they have to be talking about those things. So... Um, there's a, an agreement, there's a camaraderie between mom and dad, and dad's the one that's setting the tone for his family, but as you said, oftentimes it's the dad who's at work, uh, and mom is the one that's there, and she's she's implementing what husband has mm. already kind of said, and they've agreed on it, and she's co- working together with him. So it's a team thing. It's not just uh, dad dictating or mom doing it on her own. It's a team right. thing where they're they're on the same page together. Right. And so the, I think the, the caveat, which you already hit on as well, is, um, you know, you do have the anomalies, right? You have yeah. single parent families and you have the unbelievers and stuff. And so you may desire to uh, educate your child academically in one way, but you're not able to because of the situation that you're in. And so God's going to honor whatever you're doing. You, yeah. I mean, you still have responsibilities biblically for yeah. your children, but it just may look differently in your family. That's right. right? Yeah. Uh, and so then, so you look at the Bible. So the Bible says, hey, you know, we have to, um, as parents, we're training our children. We can't pass the buck to the spiritual training of our children and fall squarely on our shoulders um, as families. That'll look different in different families, but we still have a responsibility to do that. And I would add, we said this before when we we're talking about kids, is we have a very small window. I mean, really, when you when you really boil it down, you're looking at like age three or four, they start grasping some stuff. And then by age nine and 10, they're already kind of making up their mind and they're, they're seeing the world and they're putting things together. So you're looking at that very short five, maybe six years, something like that, where you get a chance to like just pour into them. Um, and so that's where we really want to make sure that we're saying, hey, I have this short window with my kids. I need to make sure the word of God is getting into their heart. Absolutely. Right? Um, yeah, so that's the priority. Priority. That yeah. is the priority. <clears throat> yeah, that's good. So we take these things and so we want to consider them as we're choosing a, a mode of education. So um, I would say there's probably four main modes. There's probably a hundred different things within each of one of right. these, right? So we'd say private school, homeschooling, public schooling, Christian schooling, and then the millions of branches that go from all of those. Combinations. Yeah, charter and whatever. I don't know, all the different kinds of modes that we have that you can choose from. Um, and I would say, you know, you look at 
our church here and we have a wide variety of people. And I think that just lends more credibility to the fact that it's a preference issue because you have Bible-believing, born-again, saved families who love their kids who are all educating in different ways. Yeah, and you and I were talking about this, uh, I think it was yesterday, that even our elder team mm. has different expressions of how to educate their children. I think all of them. There's been our, our elder team has been yeah. involved in homeschooling. Our elder team has men who've been involved in Christian school and mm. their families have been involved in charter schools and public schools. So even yeah. within the, the smaller microcosm of our church, the elder team, we, we have used all of the various options available to educating children, which, as you just said, indicates and illustrates the fact that this is a preferential issue. Right. And um, different families are going to make different choices when it comes to this, and we have to respect each other's choices. Yeah, that's very good. Um, so some things to consider uh, over the next 10 minutes or so, we can talk about this. Um, so just, I, I just thought of some questions considering, and, and I like what you said at the beginning, this is something that you as, you know, your husband, your husband, not your husband, <laughs> but as a husband and wife yeah. um, are considering, hey, what's, how are we going to do this? Because you're not, you don't have to be stuck in one mode of schooling. You can transfer schools if you want. You can transfer modes of school if you want. You can try out different things. It doesn't have to be, hey, I chose this one path and now for the next 14 years or whatever, this is the direction, you know, we have to go. And so I think really praying through that, um, and uh, and seeing your your kids' growth in different areas and taking in all those things into consideration. So some of the things you can ask yourself, first of all, um, thing I ask myself at least is what is my priority as a parent? Like, and we've talked about priorities even in, even now. Is your priority? You know, is it what's best for my child? So that sounds really noble, but once again, there's nothing in here that says make a decision based on what's best for your child, right? Um, our decisions are to be based around what glorifies God. Do all things now. To be sure, what is best for your child may actually be glorifying God. So it's not to say that they can't be the same thing, right? But our priority has to be first and foremost: Are we glorifying God with the decision that we're making? Yeah, of course. That, that is the ultimate banner over all of it. But I, I do think that there is an element in which you, you do take into consideration what, what does that child need? How are they put together? How has God designed them? Um, what will be the, the environment and the scenarios that will best facilitate them, uh, first of all, learning the things of the Lord, but then secondarily, just learning the things that they need to learn in education. So, I mean, you said it earlier, you can change, right? Right. I mean, I just look at our family. We have used, we've used a charter school. We have used a public school. We have used uh, a year of online homeschooling. And we're now involved in, to some degree in a Christian school. Mm. So, and that's over the span of, uh, you know, uh, 12 years or something like that of education. And, and so each year, as you just said, we've started the year with saying, okay, what's going to most honor and glorify the Lord? Mm. What's going to be the thing that's going to uh, bring him uh, honor and praise and, and help our kids do that? And we've morphed and changed over the years. And so we're not locked into one thing. Right. No, that's good. That's really good. Um, and so then the second one is what <clears throat> idols may be in our own heart as to motivate our choices. So are we looking for comfort, uh, like comfort for our kids, comfort for ourselves as parents? Are we looking for academic prowess, right? Do we want our kids to be able to say, hey, my kid has all of these different awards and they went to this school because they get to wear the certain, you know, emblem on their jacket or the crest? Are we looking for morality, right? I send my kids to this school because that school teaches really good morals. Um, and we can even have an idol of salvation of our kids 
kids, thinking that if we do all these right things, then they're going to be saved. And so even as parents, we need to make sure that we don't have idols in our heart that are dictating the choices that we're making. Yeah, and related to that, I mean, you and I have talked about this as well. Whatever whatever mode you choose doesn't necessarily guarantee an outcome. <laughs> Never. Right? <laughs> right. So there are some great homeschooling families who've done mm-hmm. a marvelous job training and, and helping educate their children in their home. And those kids have done great and marvelous and walking with the Lord. And and yet, you know better than I do, there's some homeschool families that have... Part of the Michigan militia. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right. those kids are off the rails. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. Well, what's the difference? Well, it's not because of the mode itself. Right. And the same thing in public school. Right. There's some kids who've gone to public school, you know, 12 years and been through that system and, and they are spiritual giants and they've walked through all of that and they've been tested by the Lord in those circumstances and they've been able to withstand the frustrations and the difficulties of, of uh, that situation or that environment and they're they are steadfastly committed to the Lord. Yep. And there are people who come through homeschool or public school and, and they're off the rails. Same thing with Christian school. That's right. So the mode doesn't guarantee the outcome. That's right. And so I think what we have to be careful of, part of this issue of idols is assuming that whatever mode I choose, it's going to guarantee a certain outcome. And no one's guaranteed of that. No. Because you're dealing with the sinful condition of your child's heart. You're dealing, you know, with how they respond to all of that and you're shepherding their heart. And and so the the mode you choose is not necessarily a guarantee of how they're going to turn out. So that's, right. that's why we're back to what does the Bible say? We're dealing with primarily concerned about shepherding their hearts and dealing with their own sinful tendencies. That's the priority issue because it doesn't matter what system or mode you use. You're still going to have to deal with that. That's the priority. Yeah, because if a system worked, we'd find it in the Bible. Well, we'd want the system. <laughs> we'd I mean, want the right? system, We right. wish there was a perfect system. <clears throat> right, yeah. Uh, and then uh, what is my child going to be learning? So there's no form of education that's perfect. There's, as you said, there's no um, guarantee the salvation of your child. But, you know, as a parent, you have to know what they're going to be learning. And there's no... If we have to get out of the mindset that there's a curriculum out there that doesn't have a bias. Every single curriculum has a bias because it was written by somebody who has a bias. Like we all have a bias towards something. Uh, and so I was uh, I was looking online even at like homeschooling curriculums and you can get the patriotic one, hmm. which teaches your children from a 1776 uh, viewpoint. So they're patriots, right? <laughs> um, and so wh- whatever that is, you know, there's obviously a lot of textbooks coming out that are in uh, some schooling systems and you have other Christian schools I read that are now teaching kids to be Christian nationalists. And so just be, as you said, just because they're in a certain mode or, or forum or system (laughs) guarantees nothing. So you as a parent need to know what is actually going into my child, right? Because you're the one that's responsible for it. Absolutely. So you got to do your research. Uh, You got to be informed of what your kids are learning. You know, I think part of good parenting is if, if you're, whatever system you're using, you need to be talking about it with your kids, Uh, even in Christian school and homeschool and public school, especially you need to be talking with your kids. What are you hearing? What are the things you're learning? Mm getting out ahead of some of those things, maybe you're going to be start starting to hear about these things. And, you know, a good parent will kind of cut that off at the, the past. They'll, they'll anticipate some of those things and they'll, 
They'll be talking with their kids about the things they're hearing, and they'll take that and they'll filter that through the Word of God, and they'll say, okay, let's look at what God's Word says about mm. this. It becomes a teaching opportunity and a training opportunity in the home. But yeah, a wise parents going to always assess what they're going to be sitting under and what they're going to be hearing. Yeah, and I like because if you go back to Deuteronomy 11 and you read what Deuteronomy 11 says, and you know, you shall teach them to your sons, talking of them, sitting in your house, when you walk around the road, when you lie down, when you rise up. And so as you're saying, in the normal everyday course of life, you should be talking to your kids. Absolutely. You know, and uh, asking, hey, what are you learning? What, what are your friends doing? All that kind of stuff. So that right. way you're able to rightly filter it through God's right. word. Right. Um, and then who is my child learning from and with? So if there's somebody who teaches your kids, you should know who those kids are. You know, the the authority for your children has been given to you as a parent. And so by you saying, hey, you know, this person's going to be teaching my children, which is, you know, in a whatever uh, setting that looks like, you're now giving your authority to that person. So your child's looking up to them as the authoritative figure. And so you need to say like what, just get to know that, not going to the FBI and running a background check, right. um, but just getting to know that individual, their point of view, their likes or dislikes, because once again, you have a person with a bias who's teaching your children and that's going to come out in what they teach. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you need to know them. Yeah, sure. Uh, and then... What do I do or what do I need to correct or supplement with my child's education? And I think this is uh, this may be where parents need to spend some time, right? Because if you, uh, I mean, look, you can do co-ops where your kids are learning at some place. You can do public or private or whatever school it is. Uh, even homeschooling curriculum, you know, not, not everything is going to be um, aligned with what you believe. Maybe their idea mm. of creation and evolution or, you know, gender uh, identity or whatever it looks like. We need to know, so as a believer, you're going to have to now maybe retrain your kids in those areas or give them a biblical ideology or a biblical framework that they're able to think that through. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Absolutely. Um, so, but I think the, the biggest thing, right, is we just can't let this be divisive between believers. Yeah, I think it's important <clears throat> that we maybe take a moment just to talk about that. And, you know, each, each family is going to make their own decisions. There's a lot of factors that go into those decisions. There's your own background as parents. There's your preferences. There's your financial state. There's, there's um, your uh, free, freedom to, to have more time or less time to do all that. So there are so many factors that go into this. And I have seen, unfortunately, this issue become very divisive in the church. And if we could just maybe make an appeal to those who are listening to make sure that this does not become an issue between you and a brother or sister in Christ. Mm. It is what Romans 14 and 15 talk about. It's a, it's a Christian liberty. You have freedom to choose whatever method of educating your children you want to, but the issue is we accept each other. Mm -hmm. Regardless of those differences, we don't base relationships on whether a person has the same conviction or preference that I have on these gray areas. And so it's when we, we start to gravitate towards people that think like we do and have the same preferences and we start to look down our nose at other people that don't have those same preferences, that's when Satan gets a foothold in the church. That's right. And you and I both know of churches who've split over Christian mm -hmm. liberties, and this is one of them. And so uh, make your choice, pray, ask the Lord to give you wisdom and how to best do this, but don't let this become an issue that causes friction between you and brothers and sisters in the Lord. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I would make the same appeal. Yeah. it's <clears throat> good. So well, I hope this is helpful for you guys. And uh, I hope uh, if you have any questions, feel free to 
shoot us an email or um, let us know throughout the whole series. This is our last one. So uh, next week we'll be coming to you with uh, going over a book and uh, hopefully I'll help you out on that. So hope you guys have a good rest of the week. We'll see you later.